0: You're listening to a podcast hosted on The Podcast Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at whatisthepodcastmatrix.com.
1: When you hear the words, Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition, episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror.
0: Photographs can foster warm feelings, memories, and love. They can also be the centerpiece of ill will, harbored jealousy, and murder. A camera that delivers photographs surely isn't evil. It's only capturing the people, objects, and scenes it's pointed at, right? Well, what if that camera was evil? Cursed even. What if the camera created a double of whomever it was photographing? A double that could then be commanded to do one's bidding, even if that bidding was evil. We get a snapshot of this and more inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, Season 1, Episode 21,
2: Double Exposure.
0: It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Greetings everybody, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. Two Guys Talking Horror featured over at the Podcast Review Show. Nick, I'm super excited to announce to everyone that your episode showcasing over at the thepodcastreviewshow.com is now available and live for everybody to listen to.
2: Yes, yes. You can uh, listen to it through their website, the Podcast Review Show website. Or uh, you can even go over to their YouTube channel mm-hmm. and watch the podcast happening... Live, but live when it was doing it, not live now, because it's not live anymore. (laughs) Right.
0: But you can live in the moment that it was captured. (laughs) Yes. It's spectacular. You can pretend (laughs)
2: that it's live.
0: Yeah, it's spectacular. It talks about one of my favorite episodes that you actually have had in your Two Guys Talking Horror career, which was the uh, Halloween special episode, right?
2: Yes, yes. The Halloween specials you may have forgotten.
0: Yeah, and there's all kinds of information inside that episode. We're going to link over to the podcast review show podcast Mm -hmm. we're going to link over to the podcast review show youtube version Mm -hmm. but then we're also going to link over to that episode of two guys talking horror that you really do need to listen to there's all kinds of detail and there are going to be some things you guys have never heard of that are halloween special based oh yeah you need to go look at the show notes for this episode over at curiousgoodspodcast.com the podcaster matrix linking up more podcast directories I wanted to just say thanks again to the podcaster matrix. The big thanks this time is that they've linked us up inside of even more podcast directories. Tune in is something that I've kind of just slept on and not really bothered with, because I I don't listen to TuneIn.
2: I've never heard of it.
0: Yeah, but I do know that their existence and their presence as an app, especially for Android users, Hmm. is prolific, as well as other radio stations and stuff getting uh, onto it. So I wanted to thank the Podcaster Matrix, not only for ensuring that we're up on TuneIn, but that we're also going to be up on iHeartRadio in the near future. Oh, wow. So it's very exciting, and again, I encourage everybody that's got a podcast or is thinking about a podcast to check out podcastermatrix.com for an entire listing of services everything from quote just hosting your podcast to starting a podcast from nothing and working your way up. It's great stuff it's superb outside the box service and you can find it over at podcastermatrix.com Nick enough housekeeping there's all kinds of imagery to talk about inside this episode of Friday the 13th the series season 1 episode 21 Double Exposure Let's get to the retelling. Inside a hotel room, a long, tall figure grabs a VHS tape? Yep, Mm -hmm. a VHS tape. And begins to record the local news. Inside the detail of the news, after information in regard to an assassination attempt, a handsome man comes on screen talking about a local killer. A killer who uses a machete to murder. Murder most foul.
2: They call him the Machete Killer, Mike. Well, that's amazing. That's a very... did come up with that name? I don't know. It probably took them
0: hours. The man pulls out a classic poof flash inducing camera and snaps a photograph. He takes the film into a dark room
1: What's a dark
0: room? and begins the magical session of developing the photographs during which mechanically induced special effects erupt There's a hand extending from the photographic ooze and then a body The man giggles with delight as an entire figure emerges from the bubbly tub He caresses its cheek and then he leaves He then addresses the same person, now in clothing, and gives them a direct phone number and says to call me at 1128. The figure nods. He places gloves under the figure's hands and gives the figure a long trench coat and a machete. Across city, Ryan and some dark haired, curly woman that he's met in the last week after loving someone else significantly, blah, are snapping photos in a portable photo booth. In a portable photo booth. Immediately thereafter, we once again see the tall, dark figure who apparently is now preparing to go on camera. He's the local TV news anchor and he's about to go live. A figure with plastic gloves and an overcoat begins to stalk a woman carrying groceries down the street and not paying very much attention to her surroundings at all. The figure closes in on her, and the music swells terribly, and finally the woman turns to see someone she's familiar with. There's no problem here at all. She smiles and walks along with the person casually.
2: There doesn't seem to be any peril whatsoever now, Mike.
0: No, what an interesting cooking of music. To make it sound like there's peril, but there's not really peril. Ryan ushers his young lady home, and while there's a goodnight kiss and a pair of photos shared, no nookie for the Ryanster tonight. Curses!
2: He was moving a little bit too fast for a he first date. He was
0: running down the street fast, you're absolutely sure. Back inside the alley, the young lady finishes her conversation with the man she knows who then hacks her up with a machete. Ryan walks by and witnesses the murder and is also attacked by a man he knows with a giant machete. And then he discovers the body of the lady. A televised news report continues to urge people to take care if they go out at night. And live on television, the anchor answers a phone call. A very interesting thing indeed. While he talks on the phone, the killer shares that a body can be found at the corner of Forth and Chestnut. The TV anchor urges everyone to share details so that the killer might be caught. The killer watches the live news event inside of a store window and smears blood on the glass. As the figure turns to face camera front, it's the TV anchor himself. Or is it? They could be twins, Mike. They could be twins, and then they'd be the machete killers. Back at the television studio, the television anchor who was just on television lights a photographic negative ablaze, and the literal copy killer literally burned to the ground to nothingness.
2: Pile of Ash.
0: Ryan is sharing the details of the killing with a very doubting detective, and Ryan admits that he saw television news anchor Winston Knight murder the woman. The detective gets Knight's phone number and calls him on the spot. Television news anchor Knight answers the phone and learns from the detective that there was a witness to the killing tonight. And by the way, his name was Ryan Dallion.
2: Seems to be something that should have been kept uh, secret.
0: Probably not something that a detective should share. Though, you know, he did share it off the record. So, never mind. Knight assures the detective that it wasn't him. And that's that. Meanwhile, back at the Curious Goods antique shop... Where everyone else is asleep and also not having sex, Mickey and Jack assure Ryan that it couldn't possibly be night because we saw him on the television while the murder was happening. Perhaps if we check the manifest for the details, then we could... Never mind that. Time for bed. But Jack's wheels continue to churn in his mind. Ryan can't sleep. And so he heads to watch television and rolls up his sleeve. The killer on television is announced as... Ryan Dalian. <gasps> then a flashing of light and an arm comes through the television glass to begin choking Ryan inside of a brilliant showcase of light and smoke. Curses. Morning comes and it's time for Ryan to meet with Winston Knight himself with his girlfriend. The laboratory once again bubbles and produces another figure who emerges from the ooze. Knight welcomes the next figure who sheathes a machete and prepares for Ryan's visit. He and his girlfriend, who's in tow, are early. Knight offers that perhaps he and Ryan can team up in the future. He also shares that perhaps the killer has used makeup or plastic surgery to look more like him. Ah, it's so clear now, and it's time for them to leave. Perhaps they can continue all this later. As they leave, Ryan decides that it's a great idea for his girlfriend to just walk to the local mall alone during a time of murderous rampage inside of the city. That's a great idea. What do you think, Nick? No. As Ryan leaves his beloved girlfriend in his exhaust, she realizes that she forgot her purse inside of the apartment. She sprints to the door and looks inside the window. (gasps) To her amazement, she can see that there are two Winston Knights. One that's a live television anchor, and the other who is obviously a murderer inside of a trench coat. She also somehow overhears everything standing outside in the stoop via closed door and windows. The copy's got five hours to live, and now the chase is on! She scampers off to find a taxi and flees. Man, it's a great thing that the killer in Winston will never find her home address and keys to her apartment, except that's exactly what they have, thanks to the purse that was left behind. Back at the Curious Goods Antique Shop, Jack did a quick reference in the manifest. Because everyone does a quick reference inside the manifest, don't you, Nick? We need to look through several million items inside the I'm not
2: Jack Marshak, so I'm not going to to assume anything. (laughs)
0: It's the Jack Marshak effect. I totally forgot about that. And he found, ding, 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 a camera. It was sold to some dude named Khan. But it's not Khan. It's actually a television studio, i.e. K-A-H-N. An interesting television studio that Winston Knight used to be with. Clues, we're following them. Back at Ryan's girlfriend's house, she's called to leave Ryan's answering machine a live pre murder message about everything that she's seen and overheard through the door and glass somehow, amazingly, wow. She sees the killer inside who turns on the television to showcase a live Winston Knight on television who cannot possibly be prosecuted because he's live on television while she is being murdered. She screams, a machete falls and falls and falls again as the screaming stops. Ryan, Mickey, and Jack arrive at the Curious Goods Antique Shop and discover a blinking message (laughs) answering machine light and listen to the message from Ryan's girlfriend. Ryan sprints out the door only to find that his girlfriend will no longer need a purse or him. She's dead, Mike. Ryan is crushed. Jack is helping him grieve. It's time to figure out things on their own. Back at the Curious Goods Antique Shop, Jack confirms that they've got to get the camera and every negative ever made from it. Mickey consoles Ryan, who grabs the recorded tape of his now-murdered girlfriend and confronts Knight with it. During the confrontation, Ryan grabs the negative and hauls ass back to the Curious Goods Antique Shop. Get this, if the negative isn't destroyed in five hours, then Knight dies. Jack and Mickey implore that Ryan give up the negative to end all of the killing. Now it's time to make a deal to get the camera back in exchange for the negative. Jack arrives at Knight's home, who then knocks out Jack and snaps a picture of Jack. Jack awakens to see that Knight has taken a photograph of him and has made a copy Jack, a duplicate of our beloved Jack Marshack. Copy Jack will give Mickey and Ryan a bogus camera, destroy the negative, and then kill Mickey and Ryan. After which, Jack's double will come on live television and admit tonight that he is the machete murderer killer, whatever we're calling him now. And has killed everyone since the beginning, including Mickey and Ryan. And his capture and confession will be the perfect showcase and platform for promotion for one Winston Knight. You guys are real scumbag, Mike. True scumbag. The confession's going down at the Curious Goods Antique Shop with a live mobile crew with a camera larger than my current vehicle. The entire plan is relayed. Unfortunately, Knight's double also overhears the plan. Copyjack arrives back at the Curious Goods Antique Shop with the bogus camera. Mickey takes it and heads to the vault, and Ryan heads to get the negative. Outside, the famous Winston Knight, who's about to be even more famous, goads his producer and common sense, who are prepared to capture the details of the machete killer. Ryan detects that Copyjack is not the real Jack Marshak, who then engages in a battle royale machete fight with Knight's double. Copyjack loses badly after losing a hand. Copy Knight then takes Mickey hostage. To get Mickey back, Ryan dangles the negative in front of Copy Knight. As he reaches and grabs the negative, Ryan then stabs him in the heart with a screwdriver, grabs Mickey, and runs like hell. It oozes white pussy goo, but Copy Knight continues on. Copy Knight then chases Mickey and Ryan outside to the live television crew featuring one Winston Knight. Copy Knight destroys the negative in front of everybody, and Knight himself fades out of existence. Copy Knight then becomes alive, but then dies because of the screwdriver wound that Ryan inflicted. As our episode ends, Ryan mulls over a photograph of a lady that he'll never see or hear again. The big lose moment inside this episode? The item is not... Nick, a great episode with lots of details, special effects, and more. Let's get to the goods inside this episode. Validating Ryan's newfound feelings. Now, you'll remember just a couple of episodes ago.
2: Not even a couple of episodes. It's literally the previous episode, so... No time has passed, right
0: you'll remember that Ryan was in love with young Laura inside last of last episodes,
2: yeah. yes, the last two episodes previous it, episodes
0: it, so, and not just like in love man, like man, I gotta buy flowers for her again today, but discard your life in love like everything I've ever known and people I love, and
2: it's not just hey, window. we're going to, your parents <laughs> don't understand us, and we're going to leave and move to New York or something like that it's Oh, I'm going to give up everything and become a, a, a damn Quaker. <laughs> I'm right. going to churn butter and raise barns and not and have sex furniture. with you. Right. And build furniture. And build furniture. And not have sex with you until we are wed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, what, what they've done inside this episode is that they've, they've at least given us what I thought were legitimate feelings for somebody so that there can be a, a sense of rage that is not, not boxy. It may even have been that this episode could have been inserted anywhere else inside of season 1 perhaps before the episodes with Laura where love comes to roost whatever blah. And but-
2: therein lies the the danger of having a anthology show where all you have to really worry about is just make sure that these three main characters are in it mm-hmm. and you write your script. Yeah. Somebody wrote this script not realizing that the two previous episodes were all about Ryan being in love with this quasi Quaker Amish type community mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of this episode, I was I was outraged, really. I mean, I was making fun of it, but I was a little I was a little upset because I was like, are we not paying attention to the show that we're making? Mm-hmm. When in reality they probably I, weren't.
0: I, I didn't have anything nearly as hearty as your hatred for this episode. And I let it is.
2: go later but, on. Right. I did. I did let it go because well, you of have to. because Ryan. <laughs> I didn't have to, but because Ryan's <laughs> feelings for this new girl were so strong in my mind, the way that I was able to get around it was okay. So a lot of time must have happened between episode twenty and episode mm-hmm. twenty one, right. and this is Ryan learning to love again trying to get back out
0: there. I'll buy that. I didn't take it nearly as thick. I just I was I was happy to see that the feelings that he had for her were showcased appropriately for her in every single instance so that when she does get murdered mm-hmm. there's at least some feeling. It's not just someone that he met at a club and nothing else was there. Right. There's obviously something thicker that they were painting with. Her character and the relationship between the two rather than just it's a new hat.
2: Yeah, well, had there not been a cursed object involved, the two of them may have actually uh, had a go, could have had a go at it, could have actually had a really great relationship. But we've talked about this in the past. This is the danger that they have. This is the danger that Jack, Mickey and Ryan have. Yeah pursuing these cursed items yeah. well, it, not, a, it doesn't just affect them a, it affects everybody around
0: them yeah there's a piece inside this episode that they actually say something to yeah, that effect yeah. and I, I i appreciate that mm-hmm. I, I think i think having that the waft of curse more than just the objects are our curse but that there also may be some underlying splash damage right. of them interacting with things that are cursed in their lives i appreciate that i like that a lot
2: I believed Ryan's feelings for Kathy in this episode a hell of a lot more than I believed his feelings for Laura in yeah. no, the two episodes yeah. with uh, with the quilt of Hathor.
0: Yeah. Special effects. Boy, this is another one where the practical in-camera no bones about it. Special effects yeah. paid off in spades. Love it. I realize it's a nightmare scene, and it it really doesn't carry any weight at all. But I want to provide kudos to the people that made the nightmare scene for Ryan.
2: the The hand coming out of the television. Yeah. yeah, that was all that of- that was great. <laughs> was the, uh, the, the creature, lighting. the double
0: coming out
2: mm-hmm. of the the, the, the tub fluid, of fluid fluid uh, yeah. uh, of the uh, exposure fluid.
0: Mm-hmm. That was great. Oh, that was great. The. Um- there were a couple that were kinda of clunky, the the white squirting ooze of the double being stabbed in the heart with a with a screwdriver. Meh eh Well I'm okay with that. Um, one that was spectacular though is the end one that reminded me very much of Raiders of the Lost Ark in that you kind of had this gaping maw of the television anchor meanwhile there's blood squirting out of the center of his chest over his hands and the ah, 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 right face from 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 the actor I thought that, that was I thought that was singularly spectacular in regard to special effects I also love that they bothered to showcase a, that a long ass time one of the things that sometimes happens inside a special effects them is you only quite get a glimpse Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not the gore guy. I'm not looking for, hey, look, a liver. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's not me. But what I am looking for is I, I kind of want to see what they've done, mm. as opposed to just accidentally being referred to in a, in a momentary glance of what you get to see. I don't want to have to freeze frame stuff like that. I well, want to yeah. have something shown. And they bothered to do that, especially at the end of the episode, and I like that a lot.
2: Well, and uh, less is more <laughs> sometimes. Uh, in the same episode, the, I guess, dispatcher of the very first double that we're introduced to we start as night lights the negative on fire we cut to copy night mm-hmm. starting to smoke yeah, through, underneath his jacket, under his jacket. and it's, then we cut back and we're looking at the uh, we're yeah. looking at the the negative again and when we cut back a little bit more smoke more yeah. more facial expressions of pain mm-hmm. we go back again to the final image of the negative which is pretty much almost burnt up then we come back and it's just a pile of ash on the street. Yeah, we didn't need to see yeah. the body burst, you know, spontaneously yeah. combust and yeah. burn and you know run around.
0: Oh God, I'm yeah. on fire! No, yeah. we
2: didn't. We didn't need to see right. that. But we get to play that in our head. Yeah. When we cut back and just see, oh, it's just it's just a pile
0: of ash. Yeah, I, I really appreciated all the practical special effects yeah. inside this episode and the. The, the thought that was conveyed with all of them, I thought was spectacular inside this episode. A villain's plan.
2: It's all part of the plan.
0: This is great. <laughs> this is great. And what I also love, too, is that it's, it's the singular piece of dance that works for a villain monologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not long, it's succinct to the point, and as the person tells it to you, you can grab the puzzle pieces that have been showcased, and then you hear the final snap of the last puzzle piece that you hadn't quite put together yet, mm. and you can see the picture of exactly what they're painting. Right. I thought that that was a master class in delivering of script inside this episode.
2: Right. We get, we get just enough information within, I, I want to say, the first 10 minutes of the episode to figure out why... Knight would be doing this and, and it comes from his producer who's like it's a good thing that this psycho focuses on you and wants to call you on the air about his killings because before this you were on your way out, yeah. pal. Yeah. Oh okay, so it's I have to do something to keep me on the air. Mm-hmm. Well, I have this cursed camera that creates duplicates that I can make do whatever I want. Great. So I'm going to create a serial killer that uses me, the on air talent. To uh, uh, focus his attention on. Yeah. That's a great plan. Yeah. But then you have to wonder, mm-hmm. while while watching the episode, it's like, well, where's the end? I mean, really, yeah. I mean, you can kill 20, 30 people. Eventually, it's going to get old. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. So where's, where's your out? How do you get out of this? And it just so happens, luckily enough, the Curious Goods folk stumble the their out. way in, yeah. and he's got an out. Yeah. And and lays it out beautifully to hijacked Jack.
0: Yeah, I love that, and it's so few and far between that we can have the bad guy lay out the plan, and it doesn't sound stupid. Right, right. It's (laughs) it's not comic book
2: bad guy monologuing. Right. It's not. It's. I wouldn't even. I want to call it. It's a step above your classic James Bond villain. Oh, yes, Mr. Bond, while well, I have you tied here, let mm-hmm. me tell you my whole plan. Yeah, yeah. this was mm-hmm. this was a guy that, oh, I know I'm going to get away with this, so I might I'm as well tell you. you. Yeah. share. I'm going to share it with you so you, you know what's going to happen after you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, totally I, works.
0: I, I, not only does it totally work, something that we've only got three things that we explain as positives, but the other big one that we don't have as its own point is the pacing inside this episode I thought was excellent. Mm-hmm. There's even yeah. a couple of what I'll call faux stutter steps the first big stutter step is hey look it's a killer it's going to kill this unsuspecting woman walking down the street and here it comes and now she's gonna die and look she doesn't die Mm. i love stuff like that anytime you can take something not only outside the box but then paint it as a piece of fostering the story Mm. because as she turns to face her murderer she recognizes him and smiles and says oh blah 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 yeah, let's please, walk down please the street. walk walk down yeah. walk me
2: down this dark alley it
0: was it was fantastic it's it's it, again it's that it's that weird stepping on of the gas but then letting off the gas but it, the story continues to propel itself I, I love stuff like that inside of stories like this that's where we ask you guys what did you find that was good inside this episode let us know what you think by going to our website over at curiousgoodspodcast.com click anywhere on the right hand side of the page fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think
2: Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has goods, but they also have moments that need a little bit of polish. Let's focus on some of the not-so-goods. Appropriate use of music. Or not. So usually in this show, the soundtrack helps build up the tension before a kill or a scare the beginning of this episode as the mysterious trench coat being is stalking this uh this woman with her grocery bags the music it was actually really off Mm. i mean it didn't didn't instill any kind of fear or dread in me whatsoever it was actually a little i don't want to say clunky but it was like
0: Ding dong, ding dong,
2: ding dong, ding dong. What, what, what are we, what are we doing here?
0: Right, and I, I'm looking back at it now, and especially since we've, I, I mentioned it inside of our last point. Mm. I actually think that it might have been intentional, because I think they want you to think that it's an over-the-top time to murder down as they're walking down a dark alley, scare. But for blah. me,
2: if you would have done legitimate <clears throat> music, I would have been ready for. Okay, this is going to be our first kill of the episode. Mm-hmm. And even though it is our first kill of the episode, it's a stutter stop. It's, it's, we're faked out. It's, oh, we're not going to kill this person, but we know she's going to die. We know this. And if, if you don't realize that this is going to happen, you need to get out more and watch more horror (laughs) (laughs) because this is, this is horror 101.
0: Yeah. I I don't disagree with you. I think, uh, I just think it might have been intentional.
2: Uh, Well, okay. Fine. And if it was intentional then again you're you're kind of ruining the surprise of the fake out by being so over the top cuz in my mind when you're over the top I'm not going to take you seriously mm-hmm. but again it was just for me it was it was definitely something that I wanted to bring up as kind of a definitely a stutter to start this episode off common sense breaks we've mentioned on this show Quite a few times now, the lack of legitimate portrayal of law enforcement.
0: Yeah,
2: it seems anytime our gang gets involved with the police, the police are really
0: yeah. dumb. It's time to be downtrodden. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, we're not even getting the hard bitten. Yeah, I'm a cop. I've seen everything, and you know, you you pesky kids, get out of here. You yeah. don't need to be a part of it. Well, we All don't right. even get that. It's just, oh hi, welcome to my crime scene. Come on in. I don't mind that you're going to contaminate everything here. Yeah. Oh Hell- hi, let me give you ex- exclusive. Information that
0: nobody outside of this investigation should know. <laughs> Let me give you the name of the person you need to make sure you murder, yeah. so as not place <laughs> you for murder. Exactly. Yeah i I've, i I realize that my my complexion on things like this is completely skewed mm-hmm. because yeah I, I I dig so deeply into stuff like that, and I I am not. I am not the guy to not notice things like this. Yeah. And even in if they were to somehow speed up the pace, so I would just, well, I didn't really notice that the detective shared the name and information of Ryan Daly into the guy that he suspects of murder. Oh, but oh, it's okay, okay Mike, because right. it was
2: off the record.
0: Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. right. Sure. Now, I, I guess maybe in some defense of it, I know that something, some things like that have to go on, because if... Let's say they had previous dealings, mm. and inside of their previous dealings, they had shared something like, you know, I, I'm going to share this with you, but it's got to stay off the record, okay? And so he shares, and then he doesn't blather it or get on television and blather it or whatever. I guess I could see that, and it's it's clear to me that somehow there was some sort of relationship. So uh, I I will grin and bear that. The other ones, however, inside of this episode, the big one that got me, that was the common sense break to break all breaks. Was where Ryan, yes. inside, outside of the uh, apartment of the guy he thinks and saw just murder a woman, leaves her alone to walk to the mall to go shopping. Yeah, new. No. Yeah. That's that is a huge yeah
2: issue. It,
0: it's where you have to stop the episode and you have to say, "Did I just see what happened?" Yeah. Because, I mean, like, this isn't like a, okay, well, you know, I'll be a, I'll be 300 yards behind you just to make sure you're... None of that. No. He gets in the car and drives away. Are you sure you don't want me to drive? Yeah, I mean, I can drive. No, I'll, I'll walk. Yeah, I'll it's walk. it's a
1: nice night. So I need safe. the
2: exercise. There's a killer out. Not
0: only that, he's inside that room. You know well, why? Because well, well, I the, saw him.
2: A, the problem with her. <laughs> she doesn't realize the, da- the danger that's out there. And B... He doesn't realize it. She doesn't realize that there's danger out there. <laughs> Only the audience realizes right, danger. Right, exactly. Ryan gets the WTF Moment <laughs> Award for this episode.
0: Yeah, apparently didn't care for her all that much. Apparently. Eh. So anyway, the, 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 those are, those. are I think those are the big glaring ones inside this episode yeah. that we needed to focus on. And they definitely deserve spots inside the bads for this episode.
2: The writing versus the performance of Winston Knight. So here's my issue. We we talked in The Goods about Mm -hmm. how we loved the villain's plan. Yeah. So Winston Knight is our villain. Mm -hmm. As as a villain, I felt Winston Knight portrayed by Gary Frank, very respected and learned actor. I, I felt that the performance was just way off kilter. The way that the character is written was great. I mean, he had a great plan, make, made complete sense why he was doing what he was doing. But the way Gary Frank portrayed the character kind of seemed a little... toast <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit over the... It was over the top, but not over in the t- over the top, like good over the top. Yeah. And the, the weird thing about it is is that I, w- after we were done watching the episode, I actually looked up Gary Frank's filmography, and it baffles my mind mm-hmm. that we got this kind of a performance from such a talented actor yeah. just before being in Friday the 13th. He was in shows like Magnum P.I., Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Remington Steele, Murder, She Wrote. Uh, Misfits of Science, uh, Hill Street Blues, Trapper John, I I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, And then even after his appearance on Friday the 13th, he has a nice, long career. Not to mention that, but he studied at the actor's studio under Lee Strasberg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, why the hell would you decide... This is the way you're going to portray Winston Knight when he's doing his mustache twirling. Yeah. He does the uh the the TV anchor bare minimum. I'm I'm getting bare minimum TV anchor. Personally speaking, I can actually see why Winston Knight, if that's how he reported the news every night, was on his way out. Yeah. He was and and if that's the way you're going to portray great, that worked. But your villain character persona—I'm ah, sorry—it was just—it just put me off. Yeah, put me put me completely off to the point to where I actually had to look this guy up and see what he's done yeah. and and just shake my head. Yeah. Like, was this was this? And I'm sure it was, but. Was this just a paycheck for you? Were you phoning it in because you needed to pay the rent
0: that month? I'm kind of horrified because he, uh, as we dug into his jacket of work, you had mentioned that he'd been on Deep Space Nine. Yes. When you mentioned that, the instantly the reminder bells. You knew exactly what episode he was on. And inside that episode he plays a wonderful version, a future version of the Dax character for those of you that are curious about Deep Space 9. The episode is spectacular and I will be sure to link it up inside the episode notes. But he is spectacular in that and in that he in, he incorporates both the the putting togethers of Terry Farrell as Dax mm-hmm. but then also some of the uh, the other actors that have portrayed Dax in his many incarnations, he's able to loop them all into one to make a new Dax. So, I, I really don't know what happened.
2: Let he, me let me add on to the 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 brain explosion. Mm-hmm. Just learned this. He's a primetime Emmy winner. Mm. He's won an Emmy in 1977 mm-hmm. for outstanding continuing performance by a supporting actor in a drama for playing Willie Lawrence on the show Family. Mm. He's got a damn Emmy.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. I I'm, I'm curious to know what the audience thinks about that because it is it is that kind of standout what happened moment that we yeah. don't see often, uh, especially from an actor of his caliber. And uh, maybe it was the director. Oh. Maybe the director
2: told him to yeah. do that. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I, blaming the I, actor I, I for his performance. I'm wondering what the hell was the thought process.
0: My, my I think you might have stepped on it, which is. He has to be milk toast because that's why he is failing. Mm. I don't know. You, maybe you maybe you I'm thinking
2: a, too much into it, and it's actually more of a brilliant performance than I'm giving yeah, credit. Maybe I, maybe this shouldn't be in the bads. I I don't know.
0: He he's got such a jacket of of work that I I have to I have to give some benefit and kudos to that.
2: I, I do too. I mean, it, it,
0: that's why it's such a weird thing.
2: Well, maybe we should ask the audience. What are your thoughts on the performance of Gary Frank in this episode of Friday the 13th the series? Yeah. Let us know by heading over to our website at curiousgoodspodcast.com. Hit the contact button, fill out the web form and let us know your thoughts on Gary Frank's performance as Winston Knight
0: all kinds of detail both good and bad inside this episode of Friday the 13th the series season 1 episode 21
1: Double Exposure
0: We're going to take a break and we will be right back
2: Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and they're ready for yours now. Check out editorcore.com because it's time. To make your podcast soar, editorcore.com. That's editorcore.com. It's a situation we've all been in. Our younger selves, tucked snugly in our beds. Just as you're about to slip off to sleep, you hear a noise. What is it? Where's it coming from? From the attic? From the closet? From under your bed? Whether it's from books, film, music, or art, the thrill of being scared can be intoxicating. Join me, Nicholas J. Hearn, and my guests as we dig deep in what really scares us all on Two Guys Talking Horror. Thought
1: about a career in voiceover?
0: Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series, this time season one, episode 21, Double Exposure. Every time we come back from break, it's time for our manifest moment. A manifest moment is where Nick and I recognize either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling piece inside of the episode, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what you got?
2: My manifest moment for this episode has got to be the short lived girlfriend of Ryan Dalyan, Kathy. <laughs> Kathy is actually portrayed by actress Catherine Disher. While watching this episode, I kept on going, wow. She's familiar. She she looks familiar. She sounds familiar. Why do I know this woman? Well, later on, she would go on to be a regular on the show Forever Night, which mm, actually yeah. ran from 1992 to 1996. Mm-hmm. But even more cool for me, because I'm also a big geek, uh, she was also the voice of Jean Grey in the 1990s animated X-Men cartoon. Mm. That uh, blew up in the 90s. I mean, there's a whole reason why the X-Men are so popular is because what happened in the 90s. I have to geek out a little bit because it's so cool to see, again, shot in Canada. That's where Forever Night was shot. And all of the voice casts of the animated series for X-Men was done in Canada. Really? So Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was my manifest moment. What do you got?
0: I keep searching deeply inside this episode and I can't find anything that is better than what you and I've already essentially talked about, but it's that big of a, a component part piece inside this episode that I've got to hit it again. The moment I'm referring to, of course, is the bad guy's conveyance of his entire plan as it puzzle pieces and locks into place to the final discovery light bulb moment that not only he has... But Jack has, unfortunately, because now he knows his plan for his murder. It is a singular piece of storytelling excellence that I wish was inside of every movie, television show, and streaming effort that I've ever, ever seen. It's not that I want everything to be wrapped up so quickly, but I like things when they have, like, all the pieces have been laid out, and then they're snapped together by one of the characters. It doesn't always have to be the villain doesn't right, always yeah. have to be the good guy in fact it often when it happens when it's somebody else mm. when it's not the villain and it's not the hero and it's somebody else and now there's a race to go and tell the hero about the plan that's going to befall them or something right i, I think that those are excellent efforts and so regardless of what they were going to do with this one they put the ball in play and gave it a great kick with that and i want to see more of that inside of storytelling in general because i think it's a very valuable tool that's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Vocabulary. Ah, the vocabulary for this episode. Season 1, Episode 21. Double Exposure. A couple to pay attention to, and again, thanks to our friends over at Visual Thesaurus for helping us out with our first word. Negative. Everybody's got a concept and or a definition for the word negative.
2: Well, it means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. (laughs) It
0: really does. Let's just start running down the list, and again, our thanks to our friends over at Visual Thesaurus for helping us out with all of our needs tonight. The first, a reply of denial. So negative, I will not leave my girlfriend out alone in a murderous (laughs) town, alone as she goes shopping. Negative on that. The second one, a piece of photographic film showing an image with light and shade of colors reversed. Obviously, this is what we're referring to. Yes. And the reason I wanted to make sure we use this word is that, Nick, we are now in an age where I guarantee you. I walk out the door and I say, hey, do you know what a photographic negative is? I instantly can tell you that I will meet someone that has no idea what I'm talking about. Yep. And so I wanted to make sure that we talked about the negative that is used inside of this. Because, again, if you were to show this episode to, I'll say, the wrong crowd, they would go, I don't get it. I wouldn't even call it the
2: wrong crowd. I'd say the young crowd. Yeah. There's a whole generation that has grown up in the digital age yeah. where a photo negative is alien
0: completely yeah. alien yeah. to them because alien is a good word because yeah. they take
2: photos with their phone yeah they ever- don't even some of them may not even really know that a camera ever existed outside of your cell yeah, phone,
0: yeah, and the, the the again the concepts of everything that we talk about inside of developing a negative, mm. all of that, all of that piece, the the tub that the the creatures come out of inside right, of this yeah. episode, the the bubbling chemicals, which by the way there are bubbling chemicals inside mm-hmm. of the tubs, mm-hmm. yeah. um, all of that is an alien experience. It's very aptly put.
2: Unless you're actually going into photography, and I'm sure that there are still some schools in the United States. That may have photography club, so then they get to experience that. But yeah. then
0: that's a small, small percentage, segment. small segment of, sure. of,
2: of the people growing up in this country that are experiencing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, negative is an excellent, excellent word. There are more definitions that you can find by going over to visualthesaurus.com and typing in negative. Nick, we've got a second word here that uh, we've actually just found out some newfound information dark root. For those of you that didn't know this, including both Nick and I, yeah. I am experiencing my 49th year. Nick is in his 37th. I year. am about to turn 40, sir. 40? Oh my god. I am I am months away. My god, you look so young. I know. All right. So, <laughs> both of us have just discovered for the I'm first well time Well preserved. <laughs> <laughs> just like chemicals inside of a dark room. A darker, yes. We have both just found out right now live on this pod live. Live. On this podcast. i will do it live on this podcast, the dark room is one word. One word. All right. How about them yeah, apples? Yeah. Not capitalized either. So darkroom. All right. And again, our friends over at visualthesaurus.com issue darkroom as a room in which photographs are developed. Very cool.
2: To experience uh, being inside of a dark room, you, you have to make sure because negatives cannot be exposed to light. Right. So in once you once you enter the dark room it is completely pitch black until you turn on the red light. Mm-hmm. All work must be done under a red light to save the film from being overexposed. Yeah.
0: So for those of you that whip out your cell phone to to have light inside the dark room, don't do that.
2: Yeah, don't do that. You <laughs> you you have just ruined everything in that room. Way to go,
0: dumbass. There's so much potential for vocabulary inside this episode. We're curious what vocabulary you recognize inside this episode. Let us know by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what vocabulary you found. Episode. Ah, the rating for this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast, reviewing Friday the 13th, a series, season one, episode 21.
2: Double
0: exposure. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap, a perfectly developed photograph that doesn't include a copycat killer. A 1 is on the bottom of the heap. Yep. It's bubbly, copy Jack Marshak, and a machete for you! <laughs> a seven is in the middle, starts as an average, the numbers go up with positives, the numbers go down with negatives, and Nick? There are no Habsies. Nick, what do you got? Despite this
2: episode having a, a couple of hiccups here and there, uh, you know, the, the Ryan already in a, another... Relationship after, you know, almost throwing his life away to become a butter churner, And then, you know, you've got your clunky soundtrack. You've got your oddly portrayed bad guy. Despite all of that, this was an excellent episode. The pace was great. The story was compelling. I really liked the concept of the cursed object. Everything made sense. Everything fell into place. But... Because of all of those hiccups, I'm I'm pushing them all into one giant ball. So instead of giving this episode a perfect rating, I've got to give it a nine.
0: I think that that's an excellent rating for this episode. I, I myself have been trying to think of what to actually talk most about during our ratings discussion. Mm-hmm. And what I also wanted to talk about was the overall beneficial quality of ding, 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 not recovering the item. Yeah. Because for those of you that have forgotten, as we finish the episode, the fake camera is not the camera. Right. And so there's there's this added little bump of awesome inside of this episode that I'd completely forgotten about, even though we talked about it inside of the retelling. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's another little piece of awesome because... For all we know, 35 years later now, this could be the episode that when they decide to reboot this series, this is what could be the the instigator of all of that. Yeah, so,
2: Nick Marshak, the grandson of Jack Marshak, mm-hmm. has reopened the Curious Goods Antique <laughs> uh, store to recover the handful of objects that weren't recovered the first time around
0: yeah that would be awesome so i've got to throw that on the the pyre of awesome also inside this episode Uh, when you add on that it's got the the click together snap light bulb moment of probably one of my favorite villain reveal plan sessions i loved all of that i think what i also use as a probably the the primer for everything that we have inside of these episodes is when I know I've watched a really good episode of like the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. or Black Mirror or right. any one of the other many representative sample series things. Anthology shows. Yeah. Us. When I, when I finish out an episode and I just sit and think about what I've watched, does it stand alone? Could you show this to somebody who knows nothing about the show and they would get exactly what's happening? Hmm. And I think, especially if you only showed this one episode, this is a, a brilliant episode.
2: Yeah, as long as you explained the whole cursed objects thing right before and then hit play, yeah, I think I think anybody yeah. walking off the street could, under, could could enjoy and understand this episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and that's again that's where I got to go with this episode. You know, despite the negatives that we've got, I give this episode a nine. That's where we ask you guys what did you think of this episode season 1 episode 21
2: double exposure
0: let us know what you think by going to our website over at curiousgoodspodcast.com click anywhere on the right hand side fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think oh so much awesome talk to- Nick you-, you look a little bit different what uh, what's going on today Nick
2: give me the negative
0: Oh, you know what? I don't have a negative, but i got a camera over here. Why don't you uh, come on over this way?
2: Mike, what are you doing over my dead body?
0: Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, the real one. And I'm Nicholas J. Hurd, the, I hope, real one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. Do you like
2: goods? Are you curious about goods? Well, listen to the Curious Goods podcast. Are you a curious individual? Do you like good things? Have we got the podcast for you? You won't find any hockey masks or
1: intelligence here. <laughs>